care of business. Welcome to the Colin show mic drop here on uh, this application, which allows you to take questions from the audience, which is why I think we love this. We've got, I can already see some of our regular uh, attendees coming in to get a sense of where things are heading as we begin presidential campaign season 2024 in earnest. Uh, 5.30 uh, p.m. Pacific time, 8.30 p.m. East Coast time. I apologize again for not hosting the show the past couple of weeks. I hope you guys didn't miss me, at least not too much. Um, and you're ready to start talking some politics because the season is upon us. Um, since we last spoke, uh, Nikki Haley has jumped into this race. I think we talked a little bit about Nikki Haley. DeSantis is, of course, uh, you know, testing the waters. Anytime you've got a book out and start doing a national tour when you're the front runner, it's all but a done deal. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about DeSantis, but the, the main focus, again, that we're going to talk about here is Donald Trump, which, uh, you know, look, guys, I know we all wish those days were behind us, but as I've counseled and, and others have counseled, it, it's going to, the, the Trump dynamic is going to be with us for a while, okay? So I'm going to jump into the, the, the last four polls that were just put out, and they're very, very instructive. They're actually telling me something a little earlier than I thought. I want to walk through that a little bit, but let me, let me set the table for those of of you who might be uh, new to Mic Drop or to those that have been focusing on other things other than politics, um, let's let's just do kind of a, a quick refresher course here. Uh, so Donald Trump has had a, a, a peculiar and extraordinarily rare grip on the Republican Party in a way that I have not seen a candidate um, ever in my professional political lifetime. And we can talk about the social dynamics and the reasons as to why that's happening. But the bottom line is it is happening. And um, it's part of it's part of this new era that we are in that we're going to have to deal with for some time. There has been weakening support and weakening numbers in the Republican base. I have been talking about this since the last six, seven, uh, I'm sorry, since about six or seven months after Donald Trump left office around mid-2021, I started to see his numbers start to get soft. And I was one of the few people who, early who was saying that. And a lot of journalists, a lot of reporters, and a lot of political consultants kind of pushed back and said, no, no, you're wrong. Donald Trump has an iron grip on the party, to which I was saying, no, I'm not saying he doesn't have an iron grip on the party. I absolutely believe that he does. But what I'm looking for is softness, and that softness in the base is going to tell me everything that I need to know, and I believe that I was 100% right, and I'm going to explain why, and I'm going to explain what numbers I'm looking at in the polling because they are different than what we have, what we saw 30 days ago, and it's very, very instructive. At least it's very instructive for a guy like me who would be looking if I'm managing Ron DeSantis' race or if I'm managing Nikki Haley's race. Uh, or somebody else trying to make an incursion into the Trump cult. I want you. I, I want to share with you what I'm looking at, and then I want to talk about the general election too. Okay, because um, I I believe now, and I you know my I've made predictions very early on. I did in the midterms, and I think that they were pretty accurate. I made predictions before the 2020 cycle, and I think they were accurate. I'm not saying I've got a better crystal ball than anybody else. All I'm saying is I read the fundamentals. And let me say this. I believe that barring anything un completely unforeseen, not small stuff, but completely unforeseen, 
uh, the fundamentals of this race strongly, strongly favor Joe Biden's reelection. Okay, and we're going to get into that in a little bit, but this race looks a lot more like a 1996, um, more than more than any other election cycle. It's, it's first of all, it's extremely difficult. It's extremely difficult to unseat an incumbent. The fundamentals of the economy, even the most people aren't feeling it, are rather strong. All of you guys know that I subscribe very strongly to the idea of negative partisanship. I think that's um, a good place to be um, for an incumbent uh, when you're when you're the party in power. And we can talk a little bit more about Joe Biden than we will, but I want to talk about the dynamics of what is happening with uh, with uh, the, the the GOP um, uh, primary at this point. So let me let me walk through the polls that came out today. And, and use this as a baseline for this discussion. So first of all, four polls come out today. There's an Emerson poll, a Yahoo News, YouGov poll. There's a, a Echelon Insights, and there's a Fox News poll, okay? Those are the four polls that came out. Three of those tested earlier this month, and I'm going to talk about the movement because those of you that follow Mike Drop know that I am a major disciple of movement, of polling early. I remain so. It's telling us something, but I do find some other more significant indicators that I'm going to talk about in just a second. Now, Emerson, Yahoo News, Echelon, and Fox News, um, of those four, okay, now don't don't light your hair on fire, but of those four, I find the most reliable, the most accurate of these four uh, over the course of the past eight years or so, um, for those that have been polling for eight years, or Echelon, of course, wasn't releasing it. But to me, the best poll in this field is, is Fox. It's the Fox News poll. It was also the first, by the way, it was the first poll to uh, put out data that was showing a Trump lead. Uh, then the other three ended up uh, releasing. I'm not saying that that was nefarious. That's just what they do. That was their schedule. But I do want to point out that Fox News, I think, was the first that actually showed this lead. But let me walk through them in that order. The Emerson poll found Trump with a 30-point lead, 55-25, okay? Um, the, and Emerson polled earlier, uh, last month, rather, January, well, two months ago, and now I guess it's March, uh, where they had Trump with a 26-point lead over DeSantis, 55-29, okay? So it was 55-25 Trump. It's now 55-29, 26-point lead for for Trump has now opens to a 30 point lead. And again, let's not, uh, sorry, I probably shouldn't be using that horse race vernacular too much. We're looking for movement. Important point here is Trump is sitting at 55% in both polls. The, the movement really, the opening of the gap is, is, is DeSantis dropping four points. Okay, we'll get to that in a second. The second one, the Yahoo News uh, YouGov poll has Trump opening up an eight point lead over DeSantis, same survey, had DeSantis um, um, leading uh, Trump by four. Okay, so this was a flip. Uh, 47 Trump, 39 is the current poll, eight-point lead. Again, I'm looking, at, uh, I'm looking at the baseline numbers of both candidates. Trump is at 47 in this poll. He's at 55% in the Emerson poll. DeSantis is at 25% in the Emerson poll, at 39% in YouGov. 
Now let's go to the GOP's internal polling echelon, or at least one of the GOP firms. They have Trump ahead by 15 points, okay? 46 to 31. Last month, the same Republican pollster had Trump leading the stances by two points, 36-34. Again, let's talk about movement in this poll, Republican poll, uh, 46 points now. That means Trump increased his, his numbers, his positives by 10 points, going from 36 last month to 46. And DeSantis dropping from 34 to 31. Okay, now we get to the Fox News poll, which has Trump leading DeSantis by 15 points, 43-28. Okay, and again, look, this is the first, this is like, the. this is just the flag is up. And the gates are open and the, the horses are just starting out in a very, very long race. Not too interested in the horse race, although I think it is interesting to people because last month, a lot of the pundits, a lot of the prognosticators out there were telling you guys and telling everybody else that DeSantis is much stronger than everybody thought he was. That's bullshit. And I was saying that's just not accurate. That's not what is happening. And this bears that out. What I will say is this, though. And here's what I am surprised by. I was expecting Trump to to pull more around his mid-30s rock bottom baseline until the field got bigger, okay? The one poll that reflected this was the GOP firm Echelon Insights that had Trump at 36% last month. It now has him at 46%, okay? Now, Trump has been testing for the past 30 uh, 30 to 90 days in the mid-30s range. That has always been his his low low range, okay? He's really never gone down beneath a 33 to 37% floor ever. And remember, Donald Trump won the Republican primary in 2016 with 37% of the vote. I'm not going to get into the winner-take-all Republican primaries, you guys all know that. That's from class notes from previous discussions. But my point is, as long as, and I have been telling you guys this, I've been saying this, as long as Trump holds in a mid-30s range, he's going to win this primary. I don't care what DeSantis' numbers look like, especially this early, especially this early, okay? You have to remember, Trump is a known quantity. He's very, very, very well known in the Republican base. Okay, very well known in the Republican base. And so the numbers, when you look at his numbers sitting in that range, in that mid 30s range, that's a really hard floor. Okay, no matter what they throw at this guy, including indictments, his numbers aren't going to go down. They're not going to dip below the 30 point range. Okay, and that would probably be on a poll with a margin of error that's between two and three points. And he's really testing at 33, 35. And with the margin of error, uh, he, he's coming in at, at like 30 or 29. He, but, but, but here's the most important point. He's no longer there, okay? Just with people realizing, just Nikki Haley's announcement, and I believe firmly that that's what's driving not only DeSantis's downward push, because that's that accounts for most of the, the movement in the polling, by the way. Okay, Trump is already sitting at a higher range. One exception is the echelon poll that had him from 36 to 46. Okay, 
I think Trump's natural range now, I think his rock bottom base, rock bottom low level of support is mid-30s. Now that the race is on, he's moved into a mid-40s and in one instance, a mid-50s range in the Emerson poll, which I'm not putting a whole lot of, a, a whole lot of, uh, I hate to say weight because we're talking about polling, but a whole lot of, of, of consideration on, Okay. Uh, let's not get, I don't want to get off on a tangent on echelon quite yet, but, but bottom line is now that there's a race, now that Republicans are actually starting to make a choice, there's a new floor of support for Trump in the mid forties range. That I think is very accurate. Okay. I think it's, I, I, that's where I think this race sits. I think it actually sits right where Fox has it, which is Trump at 43 and DeSantis sitting at 28. So let's talk about DeSantis for a little bit, and then I'm going to I'm going to get back in and follow up on Trump. If I'm DeSantis's campaign, okay, I, I, I'm looking at these numbers and I'm thinking, oh shit, and I'm thinking, oh shit, because they're basically they're they're not just dipping their toe in the water now. They've released the book. He got Jeb Bush, which is probably the stupidest thing he could have done, to announce an endorsement of him in his campaign. Uh, that probably actually hurt him. That probably actually answered some of the problems with the polling and loss of the Republican uh, base support. Um, and, and of course, he's going on this national tour now to go promote the book and talk about the book. Um, the Courage to be Free, I guess, is what it's called. Um, so all of these people taking a second look at other people other than Trump, a lot of them are already done with that look, Okay. And and if you're if you're if you're DeSantis's people, you're you're looking at your own base level of support, which is sitting in the mid twenties range. And I'm going to talk about how soft that is. But you're also concerned about the upward trajectory. What's DeSantis's high range, right? So when we get to to, to movement, how high can he go? And when Trump's numbers reset at ten points higher this month than last month, you got a problem. You've got a really, really big problem, and you've got a big strategic decision to make. The first is a couple of big strategic decisions. The first strategic decision you've got to make is when do you announce? And I have always believed that later is better for DeSantis to announce, and that's what they're going to do. There's going to be the Nikki Haley's and the Tim Scott's and Larry Hogan and even Mike Pence. Pence should get in later, too. Pence will get in later. But... Uh, then what you're going to see is, you know, a couple of also rands get into this thing. Nobody's going to test more than five to seven points. Haley, by the way, is testing at seven percentage points. Nikki Haley, that's just garbage too. Nikki Haley is going to get 1% or 2%, maybe 3% if she's lucky. Okay. All that 7% is going to move away from her as the race becomes real. And 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 so the, the, the timing question becomes important. My guess is DeSantis looks at late May, early June which is late, late, late to get into this race. Okay, but it's the right move because he wants to see the size of the race, let all the narrative focus on everybody else who wants to get attention. He needs to start building an infrastructure, meaning a fundraising base, a grassroots operation, a state-by-state -state operation, a press team, a social media strategy. He needs to get all of his ducks in a row and start funding this war machine that he's going to need to the tunes of many of tens of millions of dollars. Okay, that's so 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 tactically, DeSantis has been making the right moves. 
but would be scaring the crap out of me if I was the point, if I was the number one on DeSantis's race, is looking at this new base level of support for Donald Trump. And when you're sitting in the mid-40s and your candidates in the mid-20s, there's not a whole lot of more room to go knowing that nothing is going to knock Trump out of this thing. Probably not even indictments. This data tells me that Trump can probably win this thing from a jail cell. I'm not kidding. Okay. In fact, when he gets indicted, and I do think it's a win, I think his numbers go up. He's going to get, he's going to get a pop with Republicans. You're going to see those numbers move off of the also ran candidates. You might see a couple peel off DeSantis. You're going to see a rally around the flag effect and you're going to see Trump numbers actually get stronger. They're going to improve. So let me disabuse all of you of the notion right now. If you believe for, for any reason that Donald Trump is somehow going to get weaker, that he's somehow going to get weaker when he's indicted or it's going to knock him out, that's not going to happen. Okay? That's not going to happen. So um, uh, so DeSantis, again, big strategic decision on the timing. The second major one is what is the tone and the tenor and the nature of your campaign going to be? Do you attack Trump? Now, I'm going to tell you it's almost impossible to beat Trump if you're a Republican like DeSantis, without going negative in almost every circumstance, you have to go negative against a front runner, especially when there's that big of a gap between you and the real leader in the race. And make no mistake, this the lead Trump has is on the low end, I'm going to say it's 12. On the high end, I'm going to say it's 20. It's sitting somewhere in that range. It's a pretty big gap. Okay? So DeSantis has to make a decision because once he goes negative, once he goes negative on Donald Trump, it's going to get ugly for him, okay? And, and, and here's how I know this. There's not a single Republican, not one, who has gone toe-to-toe with Donald Trump and come out the victor in the Republican primary or, or in any Republican discussions. That's why they're all afraid of him. DeSantis got out front of this. He had this Rose Garden strategy where he was allowing the national press to talk about him as the heir apparent. You were seeing Trump money players go to him. Uh, some of them are going to start hedging really fast. You're going to start – follow the money guys, by the way. These, these guys are the most spineless cowards that there are. The money guys are going to tell you how fluid this race is because a lot of these guys are going to be bouncing all over the damn place. And a lot of them, if not say most of them, are going to be hedging by giving to one or two or all the candidates. They're going to try to cover their base by just giving everybody a check. Okay, but there's going to be very few, very hardcore DeSantis people that are going to sit in there locked with him and ride this roller coaster out because this is going to be a really, really bumpy couple of months for Ron DeSantis. Okay, it's going to get it's going to get rocky. So two strategic calculations that DeSantis has to make. The first is the timing. I'm going to say the smartest thing you can do is late spring, even early summer. If you can go as late, go as late as you possibly can. The second is, do you go negative or do you stay positive on Donald Trump? Uh, there's no there's no other solution. There's no other way out of this if he really wants to win this race than to go negative. But he's also not a fool. He knows that no one has ever done that successfully. It has never happened. And I don't think it's going to here either. Okay? So that takes us, let me get back to Trump again then. 
So Trump's got sitting at this new range in the mid 40s. He's leading the field in most of the credible polling. He's got incredible statewide infrastructure. Uh, he basically has Trump operatives running almost every state party in the entire country. He's got a, obviously a massive small donor base. He's got the command uh, of the of the uh, of the media industrial complex as it sits. The Democrats will start freaking out and getting really, really, really nervous when they start to see DeSantis falling further and further behind. The 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 numbers that I'm going to start looking at now relate to Trump's ceiling. I just explained his floor. I boasted his basement level, mid-30s numbers, which, by the way, if you're Donald Trump and, you're, and, and your numbers are not going to go below 30, not only do I think you're, you're very, very likely to win this race, but even if you don't, it would be worse for the Republicans because they will walk away. Trump will walk away. If DeSantis somehow caught fire and won the Republican primary and Trump was getting 33% of the Republican vote, Donald Trump will leave the Republican Party and run an independent campaign. I've said this before. I will say it again. I don't think we're going to face it because I think Trump wins this thing. But if he comes in second or comes in third, he will absolutely walk away with his one third of Republican voters and ensure that the Republican loses because he cannot have and will not have another Republican president during his lifetime because it would make him completely irrelevant. He will not do it. He will take his marbles and go home, come hell or high water. He will run the Republican Party over a cliff. Again, we're not going to need to talk too much about that because that's not what's going to happen. The numbers we need to look at now to test Trump's viability beyond the Republican primary uh, into the November election are his ceiling. How high can he go? Now, I didn't bring up I know there's, I love my, the, the mic drop folk here. So I'm going to ask somebody to, to go hunt this down and stick it into the room chat. But I believe there are at least a couple of polls out there in the last week or so that showed Biden beating both Trump and DeSantis in the head to head. Okay. Now, as you guys know, I'm not a big guy that follows the head to head or the horse race right now. But what is interesting to me is it's showing now that Biden's upward trajectory is higher than Trump's and DeSantis's. That does not surprise me at all, at all, okay? I'm going on the record right now and saying that's going to be the norm. That's the standard. It's why I would very likely, I'm a huge believer that Joe Biden is going to win this race. And I think he, I think he wins it by a bigger margin than he did last time. I'm not going to say it's huge, that we're just way too stratified. But in, 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 in modern terms, I think he's going he's gonna to do quite, quite well. We'll get into why that is. But the bottom line is the fundamentals at this point in the race strongly lean towards Joe Biden. Okay, Donald Trump's upward trajectory in the general election is lower at this point than it ever has been. And this is why the Republicans are stuck. Because they can't win with him and they can't win without him. They literally can't win either way. Okay. Barring something cataclysmic, barring, you know, the health of the president, tactical chemical weapon from Vladimir Putin, complete meltdown in the financial markets, 
you know, something extraordinary that we can't predict for that does change fundamentals. Can that happen? Yes, it can happen. It does happen. That's why we have elections. They matter. Okay. Is it likely to happen? Probably not. The fundamentals here are really pretty solid, especially for an incumbent seeking reelection. The age stuff is not half of the issue that the media is playing it up to be. Okay. It doesn't matter. Yes. Is it enough to shake Democrats off of voting him to vote for Donald Trump? Of course not. That's absurd. In the same way that Republicans were voting, even though their family members were dying of COVID and the economy was melting down, were still voting for Donald Trump in extraordinarily strong numbers. Democrats are no different. They're going to vote the exact damn same way. It's people. It's the behavior of Americans at this moment in time. Okay? So I don't want you to be thinking that it can't happen. Of course it can't happen. There's going to be movement with independents. There's going to be movement with college-educated Republicans. And you guys have heard me say this for years, but that's the voter shift that moved in 2020 with the Lincoln Project. That's the same group that moved in 2022 and limited the damage for the Democrats. It's not young people. It's certainly not Latinos who are moving to the right. It's not anybody but college-educated Republicans. That's where the Democratic Party is going to win or lose this thing, okay? In, in most instances, I think there, are, there is some hedging with Hispanics they're going to have to do in Arizona, uh, in Wisconsin, where there are now more Latino voters in Wisconsin than African-American voters, uh, in Pennsylvania. Uh, the Senate seats, again, the, the, the Democrats are going to lose the Senate, by the way. They're going to lose the Senate, so that's fine. I also think that the, the Democrats pick up the House, by the way. Okay, so I think the houses of Congress are going to switch. I think Joe Biden gets reelected. That's that's what the fundamentals are telling me. So back to, to Biden really quickly, then we've got somebody in the queue, and we're going to answer some questions here. We're going to start taking some questions. Okay, the upward trajectory for Donald Trump should be much higher than it currently is. He should actually, if, if it weren't for Donald Trump and people you know being worried and skittish and nervous about him, uh, just a normal average cult leader, not this crazy cult leader that we've got, but the average Donald Trump cult leader should have a much higher range than the, the mid-40s that he's at right now, okay? He doesn't, but that's going to consolidate. And and DeSantis's numbers, the way I'm looking at DeSantis's numbers in the mid-20s range, this is all of that college-educated Republican voter who is embarrassed and hates Trump voted for him last time and the vast majority of them will vote for him again but they're going to do everything that they can short of their you know full cowardice being put on on public display to make sure he's not the nominee the the truth is his numbers DeSantis's numbers are already so bad that if he can't close within 15 or 20 it may be a very very short-lived campaign okay and then we're going to have Trump and Biden Parts two, that battle will start all over again. So that's what I, that's the way I'm looking at this race. This is all I think very positive for Joe Biden. I think it's very positive for Donald Trump in the Republican primary. I think it's very bad news for DeSantis. I think that the DeSantis vote is very intriguing because it's really as much anti-Trump vote as it is pro-DeSantis vote. One more quick point on that: a lot of a lot of the DeSantis vote right now. Is, 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 as again, it's anti Trump vote. It's people who desperately want an alternative. Nobody knows outside of Florida, really, and, and a lot of people on Twitter, who the hell Ron DeSantis is. 
And that's not a great place to be, especially when you're sitting 15 points down from Donald Trump. Why is that? Because I think the dude's got a glass jaw. I think he's going to get hit in the face by Donald Trump, and with one punch, he's going to go down to the canvas, and it is, there's going to be a 10 count, and he's done. This is not a really strong candidate. Maybe he doesn't go down immediately, but he's going to get his ass kicked by Donald Trump, and he doesn't stand a chance against the guy. He just doesn't. His base is too resilient. He's too much of a gutterball politician, gutterball human being. He has no problem going really, really low. And politicians, every other politician in America, is not constituted that way. DeSantis's numbers, I think, are falsely high at this point. It's anti-Trump vote. It's not necessarily pro-DeSantis vote. And that stuff will shake off. That Those voters supporting DeSantis, there's not a whole lot of Lincoln Project Republicans. There's not a lot of never-Trumpers out there. There's not a lot of Mike Madrids and Adam Kinzingers and 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 you know the the, the, the Michael Steeles. There's there's just not that many of us. There's not enough to be a lane. There's enough to be a faction. Okay, that's it. That's what you've got. And so the, the, those Republicans are going to be in a world of hurt if DeSantis either doesn't get into this thing. I don't think that will happen, but I'm not going to rule it out. Okay. Like I said, if I'm DeSantis' campaign manager, this latest round of polling is not good. It's not good. You were hoping that Trump's base level of support was an average of 10 points lower, and it's not there. Okay, You don't necessarily need to have your own candidate beating him, but you need to look at Donald Trump's base strength. Okay, Not only is that third not going anywhere— and that's what they're, they were looking at that same base. I guarantee you they're looking at this race the same way I am. Okay. That third base, they all know, like Mike Madrid saying and others that are, are good operatives would know his, his Trump is not going below 30%. The question is, how high is his ceiling? And this month's polling shows it's much higher than they think it is. That's an oh shit moment for Ron DeSantis. So we're going to take D, your call. You're in the queue. Go ahead and unmute. And let's uh, see what's on your mind this evening. Hey, man. Can you hear me, Mike? Hey, Mike, can you hear me? Yeah, I'm sorry. I had to put on my headphones. I'm sitting here talking to myself into the microphone. Um, but I, I can hear you now perfectly. Yeah, so a couple things. One, um, I guess my question with DeSantis that I wonder is he pulls a little bit better against Biden than Trump does. So my, my two conflicting thoughts with DeSantis are that um, he is, Trump is so egregious that he's less palatable, I think, like to a lot of like normie suburban people. Um, but what gives me pause is the fact that like Oz lost my state Pennsylvania by five points. And so even the sort of Trumpy, but not that Trump person like struggles in rural areas. And then the other thing with DeSantis that gives me pause is that it just occurred to me that because he's technically not Trump, he is going to, I feel like have to run to the right of Trump on every issue because the second he does anything, especially if it's like cultural, like, like he, you know, let's just say he pivots a little bit on social issues, then it will be, Oh yeah, he's a rhino. So like with a lot of the, like, 
history book stuff and cultural stuff on, you know, gay people, like he's going to have to run to the hard right because Trump will get the benefit of the doubt on the base. If he says, if he like, let's just say he says something nice about black history, he'll get the benefit of the doubt. But DeSantis, the second he goes to the left is going to get, is going to become a rhino. So what, what are your thoughts on DeSantis as a general election candidate, kind of knowing that dynamic, or do you disagree I, with that dynamic? I agree with you completely on that dynamic. I, I think you're exactly right. But and so look, look, DeSantis is a stronger candidate in the general than Donald Trump. That is true. Um, but I don't think that there's a roadmap for him to get out of the primary, right? One. But two, I also believe the fundamentals still benefit Joe Biden. And you guys have heard me, I think I was saying this in the final stretch. I said, what I said, give me a thumbs up if you remember me saying this, what I'm about to say. I said the best possible thing that could happen for Joe Biden's reelection is a very slim Republican House majority. Okay. And the reason why is it's going to reinforce all of the fears and all of the concerns that Republicans have about a crazy ass right wing executive coming back into power. And that's what Marjorie Taylor Greene is doing. That's what Matt Gates is doing. That's what Kevin McCarthy has allowed as part of the deal. This is going to get worse. This clown show gets worse. This is not helping the Republican Party. It's hurting them. So yeah, I think your, your characterization is exactly right. I think you nailed it, okay, about who gets the benefit of the doubt from the base and who doesn't. I think that you're, you're probably right. DeSantis is going to start to dance to the right of Trump. He's going to lean really, really hard into the COVID-19 stuff because that's the place where he can differentiate and say, Florida didn't close, right? You, you punked out. You, you went for vaccines. You started wearing a mask. You know, you didn't, you, you weren't true to the cause. That's true. There, there are, there are opportunities there for him to open up a little bit of room, but it's not 15 points worth of room. Okay, DeSantis would get more independence uh, going away from Biden and towards him than Donald Trump. That's where you would see the movement in the general election. That is true. DeSantis is a better general election candidate. But even if he were somehow able to get out, he's still, in my opinion, not strong enough to beat any incumbent president. I'm not saying Joe Biden's a particularly strong candidate. I don't think he is. I think you could have any Democratic candidate in this environment running for a re-election. Remember, it's an incumbent seeking re-election with what is happening in the economy the way that it is and what's happening in the foreign policy arena the way that it is. People aren't likely to change horses midstream. It's just not – it's just it, – it's, it, it's, it's very unlikely. Is it possible? Of course it's, it's possible. And look, this was the way we were looking at it when we were trying to unseat an incumbent against Donald Trump, right? It's like, even if it's Donald Trump, it's really hard to beat an incumbent. Joe Biden's not nearly as bad as Donald Trump was, right? So again, the fundamentals are are just very strong. But I think your characterization of what is happening between DeSantis and Trump, D, is is, is dead on. I think you're exactly right. And how, how do you get him out of the primary? Man, I don't know. But what I would say is this. I think you can dance a little bit with the COVID-19 stuff on his right, but then you've got to make the case for viability, for electability. You have to make the case correctly. The data is there that Donald Trump can't win the general election. That's what you have to do. And one of the, the, the evil genius moves of Donald Trump is a hell of a lot of his supporters think he did win. 
they're kind of stuck even then. So do you think, I guess, I guess my, my, and then the final question, cause I know you have two callers. Is, yeah. Yeah. Do you agree with my assessment about the, uh, the like that DeSantis would be weaker in rural areas, and then do you also agree too that DeSantis, though, to counteract that, would probably be stronger among Hispanics? Like, because he did pretty well among Hispanics in Florida, but I think he'd be weaker in the rural areas than Trump. No, I don't believe that. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Uh, first of all, most of the polling is showing DeSantis doing marginally better than Trump with Hispanics. His, Republicans have gotten the bump that they're going to get for a few years out from Hispanics. That 37% number is where it's going to sit. It's both a floor and a ceiling. The reasons why they moved, the reasons why they moved are baked in now. They're cooked in. Okay, so no, I don't believe that he's going to do demonstrably better with Hispanics. He might do one or two points better. Does that matter in Arizona? Yes, it does. Does it matter in Georgia? Yes, it does. Do I think that it's going to be significantly greater than one or two points at the best for him nationally? No, I don't. In fact, I think it's just as likely he falls back one or two points. Okay, so that's the Hispanic piece, and it's a great question. It's a really good question. In fact, we'll probably do a whole mic drop episode on that. Okay, but the more important point is is the performance with rural whites. It's not that DeSantis won't do well with them. He'll get the same percentage break. What he won't get is the turnout. Okay, these voters voted vote only for Trump. They don't vote for Republicans in the midterms. They don't vote in the Georgia runoff. They only vote for Donald Trump. And if Donald Trump's name isn't on the ballot, they don't believe it. They don't care about it. They aren't going to support it. So he has this unique relationship with them. I guess you could say that's not doing as well, but you're going to get the exact same vote breaks with the Republican base for for DeSantis. In fact, it might be even better. DeSantis might do somewhat better amongst Republicans and do he'll do also better with independents. That's what makes him a better general election candidate. Donald Trump will get that high white rural non-college educated turnout. He will. I think he matches that 37%. The problem is he will also match his break of losing the independence and the dramatic Democratic turnout. It will look, his numbers will cap out exactly the way they did in 2020. Biden's numbers will expand. That's yeah. what's likely to happen. And, and for the record, I'm going to hang out, but I think the map, I talked about this with a friend, I think the map in 2024 stays exactly the same as it did in 2020 with maybe some expanded margins and like the, and the rust belt. But I think the exact same States stay exactly the same. I think that might be right. I think that North Carolina could be interesting. Okay. I do. I do think North Carolina comes into play for the Democrats more. And I do believe that Wisconsin's uh, Wisconsin could go either way, but I look, I, I'm more inclined to say that you're right. Dean. I appreciate that. And I appreciate the question. Uh, we're going to go now to Andrew, long-time caller. Andrew, we thought we lost you there. Thought, hey, you, thought no. you ditched the mic drop show. Yeah, no, no, no. no I've been busy, Mike. Sorry. So um, I'm back. <laughs> I'm back, brother. So um, here's, here's, here's Andrew's question of the, of the, uh, of the day. Uh, is, uh, is DeSantis smart enough to pull the pin on 2024? Do I think he may not do it? Mm, is he smart? Is he smart enough to read the tea leaves and um, wait for the wait for the change election in twenty eight? That's a great question. I mean, uh, I would ordinarily say yes because tactically they were doing everything right. 
I thought they I thought they handled handled the post November stuff masterfully. Like the last ninety days, with the exception of the last seven, have been a real masterclass in in how to how to operate if you're Ron DeSantis. Now, um, the the problem is, like I was saying, is what really probably caused this is is Nikki Haley getting into this race. And Nikki Haley, what she, what, what Nikki Haley's entrance did was it made the race real. And once it became real, Republican voters are like, well, wait, we got to make a decision now. It's not just kind of esoteric and I'm not just going to, you know, throw out a, you know, throw away response to, to, to these pollsters. They're like, no, no, I'm, I'm with Trump. I don't know. I, I think Ron Filipowski on Twitter tweeted something out and I retweeted it too about the, that diner, that Fox News diner in Florida. Like, I know yeah, it's not yeah, scientific. No, I know no, it's not no, scientific, no, no, no. but pulse, I'm going to tell it's you the something. Pulse of the it's the pulse of the people, man. That, that's DeSantis' hometown. Yep. Okay. They're Trumpers, man. This base is, it's, it's Donald Trumpville. Like, they're not going anywhere. And they are rusted on, mate. That's what we say in Australia. They are rusted. They're on. rusted on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal that if I could, or borrow it if I could. Yep. But that's, I mean, that's that. I just, I, that's what we're seeing. And like I said, I don't like it because anything can happen in this business. We saw that in 2016. But when I, when I'm cool and calm and collected, and that's where I'm gonna hope to be this next cycle uh, for you guys and for everybody else, depending on what I'm gonna be involved in. The numbers look really good for Joe Biden. Okay. It, it, it just just the cold hard data as a as a as a professional removing all emotion, it looks really good for Biden. I would tactically start doing things differently. I would you know have the the the, the war dogs go on the attack right now hmm. um, amongst independents. But look, Biden's team proved remarkably adept at this in the midterms. You remember when he started saying MAGA Republicans, and I was like, guys, look at that. Pay attention to that. Put a pin in that. They're they're seeing something. And, and and everyone else is like, what, you know, what? Why does he keep going to Independence Hall? Why is he giving these speeches? It was exactly the right thing to do. His folks know what to do. They're, they're, they know what to do, and I, I I believe they're probably feeling as good as I am about the race right now. And again, barring anything on the international front or the president's health, you know, God forbid, and I don't think that those things will, will arise. I think that the the road to reelection looks remarkably good. So shouldn't Ryan... So do I think... I'm sorry, so to answer your question... Shouldn't he take his bat and ball and go home and say, well... He know, should. I, I build a war chest, right? You know, he should. I, 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 even, even, even if he beats Trump, right, he loses. There's no path. It, well guy. put. Even if he beats Trump, he loses. He's a young man. He's got a great trajectory. I, I wouldn't run. But I was, I was saying, you know, a couple months ago, I don't think he should run. Let Trump do Trump's things and let Trump be Trumpy and stay the hell out of his way. Stay out of the eye of the, you know, uh, uh, out of the out of the cyclone that's coming. You're a young man. You've got a long trajectory ahead of you. You know, throw your cast your lot in in 2028. I I, I think he's too pregnant now. I think the book tour. Really? I think uh, Jeb Bush's endorsement. I, I think Ooh. they're in, and I think it's yes. gonna just. I think I think DeSantis is is gonna get shredded okay well he can um be front row seat for the for the uh, final death knell of uh, of donald i guess <laughs> we'll see i mean i you know look i'm not saying i'm right uh, on on anything uh, I, I just i'm just looking at the fundamentals is where they sit and that's just kind of the way I, I read the race at this point in time and by the way 
hell of a long time to go before this thing gets real. A lot is going to happen. Trump's going to be indicted. There's going to be more January 6th stuff. There's going to be the Republican yeah. circus hearings that are going on. That I care Vladimir about Putin's going to get more desperate. What does China do? What happens to the financial markets? I mean, guys, there's a lot going to happen. He so could, just um, don't. What, what did he say? He could, he could, he could, he could shoot someone in Fifth, Fifth Avenue, and they'd still vote for him. So you know, but, <laughs> yeah, and he him. may, he may. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, mate. All right, Andrew. Good talking to you, man. Thanks for thanks, thanks for visiting us again. Yeah. Another long time <laughs> caller up in the queue, Josh. Where, where are you, Josh? Did I lose you? Did I not pick you up there? My bad. Here we go. Go ahead and unmute. You're on stage, hey, Josh. Mike. Hey, buddy. Hey, what's up, man? I have two questions. One, the, the first one is actually just a technical question. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you hear me? Uh, yeah, I hear you. Okay, my first question is, I know that uh, Republican primaries is a winner-take-all type of a thing, but is it mm-hmm. not true that um, winner-take-all is required by March and up until then is proportional? My second question is, that's a technical question. My second question is, uh, when the Republican primary begins with Trump and all the other guys, DeSantis, um, that Iowa would be the first state, right? And that Iowa is an open primary, which would probably mean a lot of independents voting against Trump like they did in 2020. And does that not indicate to you uh, possibly paint Donald, like kind of indicate that Donald Trump's prospects of winning a primary might be um, compromised by the results of the Iowa primary should he lose that one, if it being open? Because I don't see him winning an open primary in Iowa. Do you? Thank you. Uh, well, let, let's talk about the winner-take-all system. I don't think that there's any time frame on it prior to March. Um, I could be wrong, but even even then, most um, – I, 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 I've never heard that. All I do know is that 95% of the Republican primaries are uh, winner-take-all primaries for Republicans. There's very, very this, few proportional. This is something that I read as of this year, that it would, it, the, it wouldn't, the winner-take-all won't be like required, so to speak, until March. That's just, I read that. I, that's why I wanted to see if you had heard I haven't that. heard... I haven't heard that change, but I don't know why Trump supporters would make that change. Like the, the, the even the RNC, like if you saw this this scuttlebutt with Ronna McDaniels trying to get people to sign up a, a pledge saying that we'll support the eventual nominee, like that's for Donald Trump. That's who that's for. So like even the RNC is a wholly bought subsidiary of Trump land. And, and yeah. to Iowa, I, I was a caucus still. Yeah. So it's not an open. I mean, I, I, I mean, unless the Democrats can caucus there now that there's no Democrats in, um, no Democratic primary. That's an interesting question. I just, I, I look. I think, I, especially in Iowa, I think Trump will be so strong that I don't think it's going to matter. Well, wait. Is it? I said Iowa. Maybe is it? 
what's the first state? Is it New Hampshire or Iowa? It's New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Yeah. New Hampshire. Okay. Yeah. New Hampshire is open, I believe. Maybe I meant to say New Hampshire. Yeah. Even the open primary. Yeah. I can't even see even with an open primary that that's going to change the dynamics. Really? So yeah. You you can't, you cannot sort of imagine open primary, open Republican primary in New Hampshire with like a whole shit ton of independent, right leaning independents voting against Trump and just like ruining his, his prospects in that state and possibly painting his prospects for the rest of the primary. Just because a lot of people consider that state to be kind of like an indicator, et cetera, et cetera. No, I don't see that at all. Really? Okay. Yeah, I mean, that would presume that there's a whole wide swath of anti-Trump people that want to vote strategically that are conservative-leaning voters. And I, there's no data. Well, well, I mean, the data, just based on 2020 data and 2022 midterm data, I mean, there are right-leaning independents who – are against Trump and would prefer. There's not enough. Republican. Well, I mean, are, is there, there's not. I mean, there was enough in 2020. No, there wasn't. Well, he lost. Yeah, but you're looking at it the wrong way. You need a, to have them defect to a Democrat. You only need three, four, or five percentage points, which is what we got, right? That's that. You that's that banner line. They don't have to defect the Democrat. They just have to vote against Trump. They just have to vote for another yeah, Republican. But, yeah, but you're not you're not listening to me. What I'm telling okay. you is that a three or four percentage point shift away from from the Republican Party by independent voters has a tectonic impact if they vote for Democrats, which is what they did in the midterms. What you're suggesting is that they throw in in the anti-Trump movement and go against them. And what I'm saying is a three, four, five percentage point shift in the Republican primary is nothing. Because he's so going to. What I'm telling you is Donald Trump is going to beat Ron DeSantis in New Hampshire by way more than three points. Really? You think so? Okay. I think it's going to crush him. Even in open primary in New Hampshire. I yeah, you got to look at the math. You got to look at the math. It's not. It's not. It's not like there's this whole wide swath of of independent conservatives it doesn't that are anti-Trump. It's actually marginal, right? Say that again. I'm saying it, I I'm not expecting a wide swath either because it doesn't have to be a wide swath. It just has to be marginal. No, so, it ha- I mean, no, no, it does not. No, I don't know why you're saying that. It has to be a very wide swath in a in a primary. Well, really, okay. I, I, if if uh, if Trump is if Trump let's just say these numbers the current numbers hold and Trump is beating Ron DeSantis by twenty points, what what but, what what difference what difference does it make if three or four percent of independent conservative leaning independents jump in that are anti-Trump? So what? He wins by seventeen. So you're saying you're saying that based on polls that say that Trump is beating DeSantis, right? Handily. Because there's yes. polls that say the opposite of that, that DeSantis is beating Trump. I'm not saying there's no. a majority of polls, but there are those no, polls. I, what I'm saying is that's why we had this mic drop today, is all of the recent polling are showing very big leads for Donald Trump. And they are different than, yes, there were polls a month ago saying that DeSantis, there was one poll that had DeSantis in the lead by five, four points. 
That yeah. poll is now showing that poll. The echelon poll is now showing Trump in the lead by eight points. It's a twelve point well, swing well, in, in a month. So as a as a polling guy, and I and I, I really do trust your opinions and your expertise on this. But what kind of margin or what kind of numbers would you want to see to be confident? hypothetically, for DeSantis to win a New Hampshire Republican primary? Like, what would those numbers need to look like in your eyes? At this moment in time? I guess so, yeah, like in this moment in time. Or, I mean, I mean, I, 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 in, in any moment in time, but, I mean, what would it – because No, you, you, you can't – that's not what, that's not how polling works. And look, I'm I'm hesitant to answer the question because it, it, that's just not how polling works. We could, what I look, you, you listen to me for a long time. What I, what I always tell you is the horse race poll, who's in front right now, isn't telling you anything. It will about 45 days out. Right now, what you're looking for is movement, and you're looking for base levels of support. And so DeSantis does not have a very strong base level of support. He's sitting in the mid-20s, which is what I was saying earlier. And even then, I don't even believe that that's real. I believe that it's a combination of pro-DeSantis and anti-Trump. And those are two different coalitions making up that 25% of DeSantis' vote. A lot of that will slip away. I think DeSantis is, is way overvalued. If this was a stock right now, I would be shorting the shit out of DeSantis. Short that stock. It's not, it may, it may, you may get some short pops upward, but he's way overvalued. He's way overhyped. You've got the media that wants a race. You've got an America that's, you know, wants to move past Trump. The, at least the elites are. That's not where the base Republican voter is. Base Republican voters are more than happy with Trump. They like him. They love him. They want him back. Some people may look at DeSantis a little bit. I, I don't, not, I don't, I don't disagree with any of that. I, I, agree that Trump has a plurality of the Republican base and that they're addicted to him. Uh, I, I do agree with that. I, I'm, what I'm saying is that, to me, it, it just seems that the New Hampshire primary being open uh, complicates Trump's prospects in that state because they're right-leaning independents. And, and I'm just kind of surprised that that doesn't seem to you to be a very big problem for Trump is all I'm saying. And so you don't see that get, you don't see it being open, being problematic for Trump at all. No, there's not, there's not, there's not as many votes there as you think there are. This is not, it's not, New Hampshire's not going to be marginal. Okay. It's just, it's not going to be close. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, thanks for uh, th- thanks for that, man. I-, I wanted to hear your opinion about that specific one thing. Uh, I don't know about the the. I know that they're open. I had read this that in 2023 that they were gonna only make them open at March, and that up until then they were they would be, I get presumably re- proportional, which is still unheard of. But um, I wanted to see if you had, like, maybe come across that news. But I forgot where I read it from. I guess you haven't heard it, though, anyway. Yeah, I haven't heard it. I mean, we'll probably learn a little bit more about primaries coming up. But don't, don't um, 
if you if you read things or hear people talking about um open primaries and non-republicans coming in and messing with republican primaries let me just say this republican voters will determine who the republican nominee is mm. period end of period end of end of you know that that's it that 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 is what will happen yeah okay hope that's helpful i mean you know it is what it is uh but thanks again mike thanks a lot man you bet buddy um, are, yeah take it easy M, you're in the queue. Hi, Mike. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm good. You were in Florida, Mike? I'm so bummed. I didn't... <laughs> Should have let we you know. Could have had coffee. Mike? We didn't get together. Sorry about that. Whereabouts <laughs> in Florida? What area? I'm in, in North Palm Beach. Oh, you're in North Palm Beach. Okay. Yep. Your weather, your, your weather is phenomenal in Florida. Yes, it is. Oh. It is, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if it's it. freezing over there. You must yes. Be yeah. I've been What's saving up mind? my questions. One yeah. question is, well, one question is, why did Jeb Bush do that? That was odd. Am I like? No, was it was terrible. It was like, I don't know, but it was it was a really bad move, like a super bad move. And that actually may, I think, have backfired. In fact, I'll probably put something out on social media saying that after the show. I mean, I thought it was mainly the Nikki Haley announcement, and I think that's probably most of it. But of all the messengers that you would use, I can't think of a worse one than Jeb Bush. I, there's no constituency for the Bushes anymore. Those that are are well-heeled donors that may have money, but they certainly don't have the votes. Like there is no constituency anywhere in the Republican Party saying, God, what we really need to do is bring the Bushes back to tell us what to do. So do you think, did he do that on his own or is that a thing that was asked oh, of no. him? Oh, no, no, no. It was, yeah, it was asked of him. The campaign asked him to do that. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Which kind of contradicts what you said about, or agrees with what you said about the campaign running really well until the last few days and making big mistakes yeah, now. exactly. Like that, I don't understand that move. Like I don't understand what polling showed that was a good idea. Like these guys have, hundreds of thousands of dollars to do analytic and, and quantitative research and poll. And of course, you're going to test Jeb Bush's name if he's a supporter. I don't know what that tells you. Like, the, the, I, I, I can't imagine there was a poll saying, oh, Jeb Bush will, you know, counter <laughs> whatever Donald Trump is doing to attack you. Like, it's just it just doesn't make sense. OK, that uh, thank you. That kind of blew me out of the water thinking, what in yeah. the world? I mean, what, what, how's Jeb viewed in Florida? Not that no one ever talks yeah. about Jeb Bush. There's never any mention ever anywhere about him. Nothing. Zero. There you go. Even even uh, e even uh, in Florida, there's just nothing there. No, never, never, never. Another question is why do po political campaigns not always use? I think you said oppo research. I'm trying to uh -huh. learn my terms. Why are there times when they don't use it? I'm sure that there is more. Um, negative stuff about people than we see like it took a long time for the madison cawthorn stuff to come out you know like that was i was yeah why don't they a, choose to use it sometimes uh, man i should do a i should do a, a whole mic drop episode on oppo research because yes, it is fascinating please. would you like me to do that 
I would, yes. Okay. I will, uh, so noted by the moderator too. We will do an episode. And I'll, I will get some professional um, oppo guys uh, to come on. Oppo is a whole, uh, it's, it's the dark arch. It's the whole practice, which is really as much about timing than anything else. One of the fascinating things about opposition research is if you know if you drop oppo too early and you allow your opponents to recover, once they recover, it really of of usually one of the biggest bombs you have. And that's why people can kind of become more Teflon, as we call it, is is they can start blocking those attacks. Is if you that's what happened with Bill Clinton, is is all of that stuff. Um, you know, came out, and once he was able to, you know, come in a distant second in New Hampshire, he called himself the comeback kid, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, he's still alive. And, and once he he came in second, he didn't even win. He acted like he won in New Hampshire. But once he came in second, and again, he got his butt kicked by Songus in, in New Hampshire. He came back and said, you know, I'm the comeback kid, and, the, and no one ever talked about Jennifer Flowers ever again in a meaningful way. The issue was dead. Once you beat, once you win, once you overcome a scandal, it rarely, rarely ever brings you down. That's why people are talking about like Gavin Newsom and the problems he's had with sleeping with his you know best friend's wife. Like that, he, he survived that as the mayor of San Francisco. He went on to become governor, lieutenant governor, then governor. Like he's not going anywhere. Like those things don't knock mm-hmm. you out. Once you survive the scandal, it's extremely hard to resurrect it and use it again because the voters have basically had their say. And that's that's you know that's okay. also why I think you know with Donald Trump kind of redefined this whole thing because there was so much on him, it became almost unbelievable. Like there was so much, and people just didn't care. Right. So, so, you know, oppo is a, it's a very, if you use it too early, you you could damage yourself. But I just think there's got to be like cell phone recordings of all kinds of things on all kinds of public figures that is not released. Oh yeah. You don't, you don't always, yeah, you don't, we don't always use what we have. And why wouldn't you when it gets to be really like... Like, can someone not just release whatever the golden showers thing? Like, can we just have it? Can we just... Well, we don't know if that's real, Can something... Yeah, true. The other thing is, look, if that was real, if that existed, it would be be out. Okay. What about, like, the outtakes on things like The Apprentice that aren't that, like, are, you know... I don't think they matter. Not very... No, no, that stuff doesn't matter. I mean, it'll probably make them stronger. Okay. At this point, there's really... At this point, there's nothing negative that's going to... Public opinion is going to... There's nothing that is going to happen in terms of public opinion that is going to knock Donald Trump out. That's not the way it's going to go down. He's too... He's too Teflon now. He's too... But I I will tell... what you just said. Like, there's already been... Yeah, there's already... There's there's already... I mean, he's had a ton of bad stuff. Like, there's nothing that's going to come out that's going to shake anybody's belief in him. They don't care. And more about oppo research and how that's used and the calculations behind it. That would be fascinating. Yeah, I will do I will do a section I will do an episode on oppo, maybe even as early as next next week. But but you know, you ask a great question is a lot of times we have a ton of stuff that we don't use. I know a lot of stuff about a lot of politicians, I'm not gonna name who, but you all know who they are, mm-hmm. that has not come out. And one of the reasons why we didn't use them in most instances is because my candidate was probably not going to win or what I had, I pulled and it was telling me it wasn't enough to, 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 to take him out. 
And as a result, okay. you're only using it gratuitously at that point. And if, if he wins or she wins, you know, it makes your candidate's life harder and it makes your life as a political operative harder because you're, you went negative for no reason. You're just tearing down um, a, a somebody uh, knowing it wasn't going to work. And there's actually stigma attached to that in politics? Well, there's money attached to it because because oh, if, you, if you're on the losing okay. side, part of the appeal of being a campaign operative, the, the, the sick dysfunction we all work with is it's zero sum. <laughs> like most people's jobs, like if you have a bad quarter, you know, the company doesn't go under or make changes and you still have a job. In my profession, if you've got a bad night in November, it could change your entire career. It usually does. Okay. You lose tons of money. You lose contacts. And if you make an enemy of the person who wins, they're going to come after your business too. So, yeah, there's okay. there's honor amongst thieves. And I'm not saying it's, it's necessarily honor. It's just being smart. It's being prudent about it. If I, if I went negative on somebody knowing that it wasn't going to take that person out, boy, I'm going to make an enemy of a sitting senator or a sitting congressman or a sitting governor and, you know, that's not good for anybody's business. I'm not going to do that. They're pissed at me enough okay. already. If I go after him and, you know, <laughs> mess up his marriage or mess up his business or mess up his kids. Yeah. You're going to have hell to pay, but I, those are good questions. And again, those are, those are questions that I never really thought to answer, but maybe that's, we, we probably discussion. If you guys want to do that, we can do that. I'll try to get something lined up for next week before the Apple guys gets too busy. And we can talk about what they look for. Um, because there's different techniques too, and there's 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 different ways to, to get different data and to use data. Uh, one of my favorite Oppo guys is a guy named Joe Rodota. We call him Doctor Death, and Joe Joe hasn't done Oppo in a while, but he was one of the best in the business <laughs> at it. Um, but let me let me I, I'll make some calls. I'd love to get uh, maybe we'll do a show. I think you probably enjoy it. Again, these are things that I'm not used to. Um, um I'm not used to. Uh, yeah, you know, talking about Oppo because we don't talk about it too much, but it, it is it is an art form that that you have to really understand, and it's 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 like having a loaded gun. You have to know when to shoot it. It's just as important as what you're shooting at. The timing is everything. It's absolutely everything. So, like for example, Herschel Walker, that story broke in the Daily Beast. I, if you guys were following Mike Drop when that was all happening, I was telling you guys mm -hmm. this was not an Oppo dump. This was good journalism because there's no there's no way that Warnock's campaign would drop that the uh, in the Daily Beast when they did. You would drop that bomb way way later, and it would the recovery time for the campaign would have been completely different. Does that make sense? Okay. Yes, that is to me Hello. again. Like I, I've tweeted this and texted you that and that's the part that I just sleep? find so incredible about what you offer. Oh, no, no, no. I'm here. Can you hear me? No, okay. I'm here. Sorry I'm not that. muted. I can hear you now. Hello, can you hear hello? me? No. Yes, I can hear you now. You had me panic. I, I, you interrupted me in the midst of a oh, compliment, Mike. Sorry. I was well, go ahead and do it again. Say it louder. <laughs> that that's what I... Right. Because that's what I appreciate so much is that the way you pull the curtain back and really show the strategy. I'm an economics major. And so when I look at things, I'm really about like, okay, where's the money going? What's happening economically, the, the supply and demand and things start to make sense. And when you explain kind of, you know, I, well, the way you explain it is like baseball, you know, where you do the, the 
explain, okay, this is why this person's doing this and this is how it affects them, which I find fascinating. And I have a really hard time finding oh, anyone else who offers that. So well, I absolutely that. would so love I'm gonna to get hear some about it. We're going to do a show, an oppo show on mic drop. Awesome. Yeah, I have two more questions. Is that all right? Okay. I get all my news basically from you, George Conway's Twitter and The Economist magazine. And The Economist is hell-bent on Joe Biden not running. They think that he absolutely positively should not run. Uh, are they using their pollster? Yes. They've got a really good pollster. I don't know, but they over and over. Like I've almost, I mean, I don't want to stop reading news when it's not what I want to hear, but it Looking at this, maybe journalistically or like from a different perspective, like historically or something like because their opinion is so different than what everyone else says as far as incumbents the cannot economist? lose or, you know, or it's hard to unseat an incumbent and all that. Yes. Um, well, I, I never said I never said incumbents can't lose. Let me make that clear. Yeah, well, that's no, that's no, no. True. But they're I don't hard think to they would, they would Sorry, disagree with that. They may see something different in the fundamentals. I'm usually a very big fan of the economist so i'll take a look at what they're saying but i i don't i don't uh i don't i don't i i, I can't speak to it I, I i don't know okay i was just curious because it just seems that they're definitely on the side of democracy and have been for a century you know and yet there's running again that it gets confusing to me as to where that perspective would be coming from i, I don't know i mean i can't I, I don't know i'll have to take a look okay I, i'm a big fan yeah. of the economist polling yeah but i don't know what kind of analysis okay. they're doing okay okay my last question is super random if that's okay did you know on google you're listed as oh, a television I did not personality know that. i don't like if you Google your name, it pops up with your picture and it said, because when I'm looking for you on Twitter and then it'll say television personality. And I thought, I wonder if out of all the different things that Mike Madrid does, if that's the one that resonates most. I for think him. Google, I don't I know how Google curious. comes up with that stuff. I've seen other people that where that pops up too. I think, I, I don't know why that is. I, I mean, I don't get to choose it. Google certainly didn't ask me. Um, right. I just, that was funny. how it always yeah. shows you people also search uh -huh. for is Chuck Rocha and his is like 20 <laughs> years old. <laughs> so, That's hilarious. I, I love that. Chuck always know that. He's always me, bugging so. me because he says I'm look older than he does. Are you, do you listen? Do you listen? Do you listen to the oh, well, Thank you so too? much. Yes, okay. I do. Good, good. I, I, appreciate I follow that. you yeah. everywhere, man. Of course I do. You're the only person who keeps me sane. That's why I was like, when you're saying, okay, you're going to try to stay sane for the election. I was yeah. like, Mike, you got to do it. I appreciate it. I, I hope it's helpful. Like I said, it's going to get really bumpy because it, it's, it's really high stakes. Oh, but the fundamentals oh, are, are much better. And again, these things change, right? Like I was, I was saying, when are the Democrats going to get their acts together heading into the midterms? Never would have seen Dobbs happen. Never would have seen. And that's what saved the Democrats. It wasn't anything that they were doing okay. anything. Right. They're they're less difficult for DeSantis, but I really don't see DeSantis getting out of this race, out of this primary. Right. 
And when you say it's a bumpy yeah, road, yeah, yeah. What, this was one last, I'm sorry, I keep saying one last question, but I was wondering, do you think there will, because obviously Trump is just this character who has a personality that has just, you know, captured people in a positive way and also like created like obsessions mm-hmm. in a people against him as well. Like I can keep calm living under Ron DeSantis, but Trump, I, I have a hard time not feeling scared, not having emotional, mm-hmm. like nauseous reactions. And so I was wondering also, do you think that there'll be a little bit more stigma attached though, to like the big Trump, like will people on the fence be flying the, Yeah. Again. But you're going to see bigger variances okay. in the okay. uh, in the polling. It's going to be it's going to be clearer and there will be more states. That's what I'm saying. If, if Trump is a nominee, I think North Carolina comes into play for Biden. And I, and I think Pennsylvania gets wider. OK. W.I.D.E.R. The, the gap gets wider. I think Wisconsin gets yeah. wider. It's... I think that, you know, a lot of the Nevada gets probably wider. I think just demographically, you know, Trump is not expanding his base and his he's got an old dying base. And look, we've talked about this a lot. I don't put a whole lot of credence into it, but, you know, there were enough covid deaths amongst Republicans now to know that that probably Mm. cost them Georgia, probably cost them Arizona, probably cost them Wisconsin. Like those are the three states. So, you know, Trump is more resilient and stronger than he otherwise would be, but I'm a big believer in science and data. Follow a very strong, consistent trajectory. If you look, going back to the 2000 race, the differential between the winner and the loser has been basically the same margin. And when you, when you, when you adjust for demographics, it's almost exact. Like we spend billions of dollars on these campaigns, but the math says <laughs> they're going to come out basically the same. I can tell you the 2024 presidential race is going to come down to less than 100,000 votes across four states, right? It's going to be close, Ugh. right? But it'll be wider than the 30,000 that, that it was, you know. You know, Biden will win Georgia by more. Okay. He'll win Arizona by more. like that they're just gone (laughs) nevada gets a little bit interesting but the truth is look at look at how nevada turned out in the senate race you know there was a a big bumpy road there's polling all over the place you know what it turned out almost exactly like the polling was said it would so did arizona by the way so and and so did georgia by the way Mm -hmm. like there's there's a lot of scientific tools that that give us a remarkably clear roadmap on where this stuff is going and where it's heading Thank you so much. If there's ever another thing I'd be really interested in you ever talking about, which may or may not be something that you're interested in talking about, but I also really admire how you keep the compassion in a very difficult field (laughs) and with a lot of ups and downs. And I just really admire how you express your faith and you are upfront about things like that and keep a perspective. So that's another thing to think about ever sharing. Um, I think we, I could certainly learn from that. So but I, I'm really going to lean into oh, okay. that. And, and uh, I don't know if you saw the awards program oh, at Unidos US. I just got an award in Washington, D.C. Yeah, yes, I saw thanks. The you know, I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not shy about it, but I, I, don't, I don't lead with it either. And I think it's just a value system. It's the way I choose to live my life. And so, I, 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 um, you know, it's uh, 
to me, it's not theological as much as it is, a, you know, a, a value system. Maybe those are the same thing. I don't know. So I just, I just, right. I have found a way to make me a better person and, and I, um, not, I fall short of it, but mm -hmm. I, I do my best. So thank you for those comments. Oh, well, well, thank you for all you do, Mike. And thanks for answering my laundry list of questions I've been saving. Yeah, thank, so thank all of you, you guys for you joining. So we'll be back again next week. We'll give it back to our regularly <laughs> weekly schedule. Uh, 530, going to try to do something on oppo. If you've got any other suggestions on contents, let me know. We'll go from there. But until then, thank you guys for tuning in to Mic Drop. Thanks for being part of the Mic Drop family. And we will talk to you next Wednesday.